Today's daf is Shabbos daf Chavtes. We are on Chavches and a little behind. We are on the Mishnah of Psilas Abeget Shekifla, talking about using a folded Abeget as a wick. So just a note on today's today's daf is it's a little more complicated than what we're used to. So welcome to Daf Yomi. There are many more daf Shas that are complicated. So th- these are one of those daf you want to sit down with a Gemara, with a pencil, maybe a piece of paper, just trying to halt cup. And just keep, you know, keep in mind what we're what we're doing. It might be a good idea to go through it a second time. Okay, so it's not the mission. The mission says psilas habegat shekifla. So you have a psilas, you have a wick that was made out of a beged that was shekifla of lohibaba. This beged, this clothing, this cloth was folded, but was not charred yet. So there's a concept of when you t- the begadim clothing could be makabotuma. When you take that that garment and you make it into a non-clothing purpose, it is no longer Merkabal So it seems like there's two steps. You could, you fold it, and then once you fold it and make it into a wick, then you would char it, you know, light it on fire for a little bit, that would make it into a, a real wick. So if you if you do both steps, everybody would agree that it is no longer considered a baguette. However, our case in the Mishnah is Psilas HaBaguette Shekifla V'loi Hibhaba. First you folded it, Kipul, you folded it, V'loi Hibhaba, you didn't light it, you didn't char it. It's still makabotoma. It's still considered a beged, and ve'in madlikin ba. One is not allowed to light it for Shabbos. You can't use it as a Shabbos candle. And the question is going to be: What is the correlation between being tummy and not lighting it uh, as a candle for Shabbos? So Rabbi Tairi, it's tahar, no problem. And you can also light it for your Shabbos candle. So we're going to see, we're going to see two different ways of learning the Mishnah, and that will take us to the next Mishnah. So it's a long sugya, two different ways how to understand the machlekes between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara says, I understand that when it comes to Tuma, the machlekes, I can say Bahapligi. This is what the Machlekes is about. The Rebeliezer Savar, Rebeliezer holds people in a mile. The, 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 the mere fact of just folding a baguette doesn't change it from being clothing to a wick. And therefore, it's a baguette. The same way a baguette is able to be in the Kabbalah is able to become Tame. So to a folded baguette, even though you folded this cloth into a wick, it still could be in so this is a concept of kipo in a mile. Folding it doesn't help. And it, it remains with its original, uh, milse, its original status as a beged, and it's not makabotama. So that's shitas Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Akiva Savar, Rabbi Akiva holds kipo mile. Folding it does work, even if I didn't char it. Just folding it alone makes it not, not considered a beged. And therefore, batuli batal. It's not a beged anymore, and therefore... It is no longer a Mechabal Tumah. So the Gemara says, Bishloim, I understand the Mechlekes regarding Tumah. However, when it comes to lighting it for Shabbos, but my plea, what's the Mechlekes? So, Here, our case, and these, are, these details are very important. Our discussion, we are discussing something that is shalish al shalish. Shalish means shalish at spice, three finger breaths. By shalish at spice, mitzun tzamais. Exactly. So it's exactly three by three finger breaths. And 
we know that's the minimum shear for some for a baget to be makabotama. We spent a few dafim discussing this. Three fingers by three fingers, that's the minimum shear to be makabotama. So we're talking about exactly. We're gonna see why this detail makes a difference. And we are discussing a Okay, uh, an example that Yantif is on Friday, and you're lighting your candles for Shabbos. So, ne- so this coming up Shabbos is going to be the third day of Yantif in Chutzlaaretz. So this Friday, so this Friday is the Machlekes regard between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Kiva. Now, what is the Machlekes? So we, st- we still need some more details. Now both Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Kiva, Kuliyama and our Mishnah, they agree to Rabbi Huda Shita. What's Rabbi Huda Shita? Rabbi Huda Shita is masikin bekelim, that although you're allowed to use kalim, uh, utensils, equipment, as firewood, however, ve'ein masikin b'shiver kalim. When it comes to yantif, you cannot use things that broke on yantif. That's a problem of muksa. So we're going to see this many times throughout Masech Shabbos and opening sugya in Masech Tashabbos. There's a there's a fundamental machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon regarding muksa. The Gemara calls it Rabbi Yehuda isle muksa, the Rabbi Shimon lesle muksa. The the basic understanding based on the Pnei Yeshua. There's a lot more to discuss, but just for the for point of clarification on this daf, according to Rabbi Yehuda, things that are not prepared before Shabbos or before Yantif are automatically muksa. According to Rabbi Shimon, most things are considered prepared, and therefore they're not muksa, unless we know specifically you have in mind not to use it. It's a klisha malachta le'isr, or that. So that's from Shimon Shita. Rabbi Huda holds something that wasn't specifically prepared for Yantif for for or Shabbos use is considered muksa. So based on that opinion, Rabbi Huda holds, let's say I had a a, uh, I have a wooden, uh, I don't know, a wooden trivet or something, and it breaks on Yontif. Can I now use it as firewood? So Rabbi Shimon would say, what's the problem? But according to Rabbi Huda, since this broken piece of wood was not yet prepared before Yontif as firewood, it was prepared as a keli, not as firewood. So there's a concept called noilad. This just came into existence. This use came into existence to be used as firewood, and according to Rabbi Huda, that is muksa. So we're saying that Rabbi Leizer and Rabbi Kiva both agree that shivrei kalim, like Rabbi Huda, would be considered muksa on Yontif. If they broke on Yontif, it would be muksa. So that's step number one. Step number two, alma ula, and they both have to agree to ula. ula ula is hamalik When you light your Shabbos candles. You have to light roiv most of the part hayoti that comes out of the oil comes out of the candle. So now let's put them all together. Now that I know that I uh, I need to light most of it, most of the wick, and I have to, and I'm dealing with a wick that's shalish al shalish. That's that's a three at spice, a three at spice. That's three by three. So as soon as I light it, or when I light it, then automatically I'm, I'm taking it down from three by three tfachim. So what's wrong with that? Let's see. Hot cup. keep a mile. holds folding a keli, folding begadim before yantif. That doesn't change the status regarding Tumavat Tahara. It's still considered a baggage. Just folding it alone, it's still considered a baggage. Now, therefore, what? The cave in the Alec Bay Porta. Now, once I lit it already, 
Havile Shever Kli. Once I light this three by three baguette, once I lit it already, it, now it goes down from being a baguette. Now it's a Shever Kli because it's no longer three by three. Again, we're talking about a three by three Mitzum Tzama. It's exact three by three. So once I lit it, now, once I light this shever kli, I'm sorry, when I'm lighting it, or when I'm continuing to light it, because we also are concerned for Ula. Ula said, You have to make sure every, or at least half, most of it, of the wick that's coming out is lit. So that either means I have to wait for the for this to, to get lit, or I actually have to keep lighting it until I, you know, more than half of the wick is lit. So when I'm lighting it, I'm already lighting a broken kli. When I'm lighting my keli, I am lighting a shever kli. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, that is a problem of using muksa on yantif because it's a shever kli. It, it was broken on yantif. It was not muchan, it was not prepared before yantif. And therefore, it's an iser of muksa. So if I hold, like Ula, that I got to do most of the, the wick, and I hold like Rabbi Huda, that shever kli, if I broke this keli on yantif by lighting it, I'm not allowed to keep lighting it because it's it's lighting a shever kli on yantif. And the example is it was exactly three three fingers by three fingers. So that's the machlai. Because Rabbi Huda keep lighting them all. The came with the alig bay port, the havali shever kli. When you're continuing to light it, you're lighting a shever clean, therefore it's usher to light it on Yantif. And that's the reason, that's the correlation between Tumah and Shabbos. That's Rabbi Lazar Shita. Rabbi Kiva Savar. No, Kipo Mayol. Folding a Kaili before Yantif made it into a non begin anymore. This napkin that you folded up and made it into a wick is no longer considered a begin. Therefore, the ain tyrus klielav. It never had a tyrus kli even before I lit it. So when I'm lighting it, I'm lighting a regular wick. There's no shilos of muksa. It's a regular wick. A wick is not muksa on yantif. There is no problem. Therefore, Rabbi Lezer holds kipo leina mayol, and Rabbi Kiva holds kipo mayol. And based on that, a yantif going into Shabbos this week Friday, Rabbi Lezer would hold you cannot light this exact this three by three uh, finger folded beged. And Rabbi Kiva hold no problem. So fine. That is the, the first way of understanding this machlaika. So comes along Rabbi Yosef. Um, Rabbi Yosef. Now that you told me this machlaika, this is what the b'risa that I once learned. The b'risa said, There was a b'risa that spoke about three fingers by three fingers exactly. And there was some type of halacha that came out of that. And I don't know. I didn't know which one, what, what I was talking about. I, I remember a three by three. But I had no clue which halacha came from that. Now that you told me that that's the pshat in our Mishnah, oh, Maridik, Hainu de Tanina, that is pshat in the Brysa that said some type of thing about three by three. Good. Now, whose opinion was this? Whose pshat in the Gemara? This was Rav Adabarahava. If you look a few lines up, Amr Rav Adabarahava. So it comes along the Gemara. The Gemara says, the From the fact that Rav Adabarahava said the Machloikis in our Mishnah between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Kiva was based on them holding the Rabbi Yehuda regarding Muksa. So Shmamina must be Rabbi Yehuda severely. The Rav Adabarahava himself holds like Rabbi Yehuda that Noilod on Yontif is, is Asur. Is muksa afraid the Gemara? Me, I'm Rav Adabar Hava. How can Rav Adabar Hava talk a whole like this? For I'm Rav Adabar Hava. We have Chavtas Chavtas Amanalaf Nochvi Shechok Shechokakav 
Bibikas Yisrael, if a guy, if a Nachri, carved out a certain measurement, a kav, from a log of a Yidan Yantif, so the halach is masikin Baba Yantif, you're allowed to use it as firewood. Vamai, noilud hu, you wouldn't have used it beforehand as firewood, but now I could, and shouldn't it be noilud? And Rav Adabar Hava said, I, there's no problem, I could use it, so pick one. Does he hold of Nailad? No, no hold of Nailad. So the Gemara says, nah, really Rav Adabar Hava doesn't hold of Nailad. He holds like Rav Shimon, like Pipaskin, that there's no problem of Muksa like this in Yantif. So why, in fact, did he, was he the one that answered the Gemara? He's just telling us Pshan the Mishnah. He doesn't say, I hold like this. I'm telling you, I'm explaining their opinion. But he himself did not agree with the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. Fine. Comes along Rava. Rava Amar. Rava says a different shot. Hanu taima de Rabbi Eliezer lefi she'ein malikin b'vsila she'ein mecharechas. There's another shot why in fact it's usher to light this, you know, for, for Shabbos. Rava has a different shot. Nothing to do with Tema v'tahara. A different halacha. Lefi she'ein malikin b'vsila she'ein mecharechas. You cannot use a wick that is not mechoyrech. That is not charred. Veloy bismartutin she'enon mecharachan. You can't use shmatas that weren't charred either because it's not going to light properly. And that's the reason why our Mishnah, that's the machlekes, that's the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer of why you cannot use this folded up wick that wasn't charred for your Shabbos candle. Now, based on this, the Mishnah brings down, there was a halacha. Now, today it would only be a minog to you know, light the, the candles before Shabbos to make sure, before your, uh, before your wife or before you light the candles, to make sure it's going to light well. But today's candles, you don't need that. So at most, it would only be a minog. And many families do have the minog that the husband, based on the Arizal, would light the candles at least once, you know, extinguish it, so he prepares it for his wife. So that's based on this Kamara. Okay, but now that you have Rav's shita, that that's the shot of Rabbi Leezer, nothing to do with Tumah V'tahara, that whole thing. So the Gemara says, When Rav Yosef said that now I know that there was a Bryce that said, we were talking about exactly three by three. So what exactly was that Bryce talking about? So the Gemara says we have a different one. Lady and Tumah is talking about, When the Chazal tell us, that things are tummy when it's three by three, do we say it's, do we say that's including the hem or not including the hem? So the Gemara is like this. The Mishnah says, Shimon holds that three by three plus the amount to sew a hem. So it would be a little more than three by three. No, three by three, exactly. That's the minimum share. You don't need anything more than that. Uh, even three by three would be mekabel So when our when our Yosef heard or, the, or made a set of brisa that said shalosh shalosh mechuvanos, it was talking about this machlekes, Rab Shimon and the Chachamim. Okay, now let's go back to the discussion regarding muksa. So now that we brought in the concept of shitas Rabbi Yehuda, that something that wasn't prepared for this use before Yantif one is not allowed to use it on Yantif because it is considered Nurla. We had this a few daf ago regarding an animal. We had chickens that were there just to lay eggs. The question was, can I shecht it on Yantif? According to Rabbi Shimon, no problem. According to Rabbi Huda, no. Since this, you know, before Yantif, you would have asked me, what's the uh, status of this chicken? It's an egg-laying chicken, or you had a cow that was there just for milking. And I had no intention of shechting it 
tomorrow on Yantif. So therefore, there's a concept of muksa of Nalad. That's the sheet of Rabbi Huda. We will spend much time, Bezos Hashem, when we learn Masechta's Beitza and some of the Daphim later on in this Masechta. But we have a small sugi here. So let's see. Amar Yudam Arav, Masikin B'Kalim. You're allowed to use Kalim as firewood, utensils. Ve'in Masikin B'Shivrei Kalim. You cannot use broken up Kalim as firewood on Yontif. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon Matar. Rabbi Shimon says in Mutter, there's no problem on Muksa. There is no issue. Okay. Comes along Rava and he says a few more halachas. Masikin betmar. You're allowed to use dates on Yantif as your firewood. However, let's say you ate the dates on Yantif. You cannot use their pits on Yantif as firewood. Let's say you would have bought a sack of date pits. You could use it, no problem. But because when Yantif came, the date was intact, it's considered a food. And then I ate the date, and now I'm left with a pit. The pit wasn't here as firewood before Yantiv, and therefore it's called Nailah. It's a new use, a new thing that came into this world. And Rabbi Huda holds, Div Rabbi Huda, it's Aser. Rabbi Shimon Mat, Rabbi Shimon says, no, there's no problem, there's no problem with Muksa. It was here before, it was here before Yantiv. You didn't have in mind specifically to use it as firewood, who cares? It was still in this world. Rabbi Shimon Matir. Ma- next, Masig and Megaizen. What about nuts? So you're allowed to use nuts as firewood. Unless you ate the nuts, can you take the shells of the nuts that you cannot use because they were there as a shell for the nuts before Yantif? When Yantif came around, they had no intention of using it as firewood. So don't now use it as firewood. It's a new use. It's called Nailah. Divir Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Shimon Matir. Rabbi Shimon once again says it's Mutter. There is no problem. There is no problem of Nailah in this situation. So the Gemara asks Tricha, why do I need both? The Ashmina Kamayas, if would have told me, Shivrei Kalim. I would have said, Originally it was a Kali. Now it's a broken Kali. It's brand new. It, was, it used to be a trivet, a wooden, you know, pieces of wood put together as a trivet. And now it's broken up pieces of wood. It's two different things. So that's not, that's Noilad. But the case of the dates, the, the pit of the date was, was the same exact pit from before Yontif. While he ate it, after he ate it, it was the same exact pit. I am a shopper dummy. I would say you could talk, use it as firewood and it should not be noilud. So therefore, Rav told me, even in the case of pits, it's a problem. And if it was told me, Garinim, the case of the pits, in, before Yontif, they were they were concealed. They were machas, you didn't see it. So maybe your das was not on it because you didn't see it. But now it's revealed, so that's considered noilad. But the third case of the shells of the nuts, you always saw it. If you looked at your bag of, of peanuts in their shells, you see the shells the entire time. So maybe there I would think, since I saw it the entire time, then it's not considered noilad. Ama Shaper Dummy Tricha, and therefore I need this Limud to tell me not only Kalim, but Tamarim and nuts as well. So the Gemara says, Vahad Rav. Now, this Shita of Rav, that the pits are considered, uh, that the pits from the dates are Nailud, Laba Ferishitmar, Ella Mechlalimar. It wasn't learned out by Ferish, it was learned out from a Klal. So, what's the uh, the Klal? Klal means we learned it out, it was implicit in his actions. Mechlala, we assumed, based on some circumstances, that was the opinion of Rav. So what's the Mechlala? So the Gemara said like this. The Rav Ochotami, Rav was eating dates. The Shadda Kashyais and he was chucking the uh, pits into the oven. So Amalei Rav Chia, Rav Chia said, Barpachti, son of, uh, of nobles, Barpachti, son of great people, we had this many times already, 
in the, we had it a few times already. Connecto Biyantif Asr. So he says, says, by the way, big time Chacham, if you're doing this in Yantif, it will be an Isr, because in Yantif, there will be an Isr of Nailud, and you shouldn't be using the pits as firewood. Now, he was doing it on a regular day, but he told him, he was thinking about Halacha, don't do this in Yantif. Okay, so the Gemara says, Kiblomine. I like Kiblomine. How do I know that Rav agreed to Rav Chia? We don't have the, uh, the end of you know, the meeting's minutes of what was going on. We don't know. It just said that Rav Chia told him, Connect the Yantif Asr. Did Rav accept it or did not Rav? Well, Rav did not accept it. So the Gemara says, Tashma. Rav came to Babel, and Rashi points out this was on Yantif. He was eating the dates on Yantif. Again, he threw, the, he threw these pits, but now he didn't throw it to, into the fire. He threw the Chevasa to the animals. So my love, but Parsiyasov, like Kibbutz. Now, what do you see from here? This must have been Parsiyasov. Which is which is in Bavo, and this is Persian Parsi is Persian dates. Now Persian dates, it's it. Uh, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says that they ripen fully, and the pit does not have any fruit stuck to it. So therefore, it is it is totally nylon. I'm saying of your options. I mean, there's two types of dates. There's the Aramaisa dates, the Aramean dates which the fruit would cling to it. Now, the fruit clings to it. You can't call it noilin because it's the same. I have some fruit with it. We could say that, I, that the fruit is not muksa. So maybe I could, and I could use dates as firewood. So he would be allowed to throw it into the fire. However, we're assuming my love for Siyaisa, that I was talking about Persian dates, and Persian dates, the, the pit is the clean pit. And Veloy Kibla, he didn't accept Rabhiya's opinion. He was throwing it into the fire. And even though there was Noilad here, so he obviously did not hold of Noilad. So the Gemara says, but Aramaisa, I was talking about Aramaisa, sorry, it's late at night. It's the Aramian date. Since there's good fruit with it, it's some fruit is stuck to the pit, so by so you're those that fruit is not muksa. So we say you're throwing it with the fruit, and it wouldn't be a problem muksa. You have no raya from Rav what he held. Okay. I'm a Rav. I'm a Rav Shmuel Yosef. According to Rabbi Yehuda that holds, you could be masked with kelim. You could light fire with kelim. Came in the Adlik Baporta. Once you lit a drop, havele shiver kalim. Then the kalim become shiver kalim. This becomes broken. Now, what's the problem? If you go like Ula, when it came to Halakas Neira Shabbos, so Ula held, you have to light, and you have to still light it while the fire is still on. Right? You're still lighting it until you get most of the wick. So that was a problem, because you're lighting something that's considered Shiverei Kalim. So that was one problem. But let's say we're not dealing with Yontif and Friday night, Friday going into Shabbos. We're not dealing with that. So we're not dealing with Ula Shita. Stam, a person on Yontif wants to, you know, make a barbecue, and he takes Kalim. He takes a wooden trivet, and he uses it as, as his fuel. Everyone agrees you're allowed to? No problem. It's a Kali. You're allowed to use it. So... But if it's a full keli, I could. However, once you lit the trivet, and now it's it's on fire, you just broke it. It's no longer considered a, a, a trivet. So fine, I'm not going to relight it. I'm not touching it. It's muksa. Okay. However, I have a question. Practical question. When you start stoking the coals, that's how you did it. That's how you, you got your barbecue going. You're moving muksa. So forget about... Shabbos 
and being yotze halakas neighbors. Forget about that. How are you allowed to stoke your coals when I lit kalim? Once I lit it, and it starts burning, it's going to become shiver kalim. My wooden trivet is no longer going to be considered a wooden trivet. It's going to be shiver kalim. Very nice that it's muksa. How can I move it? So the Gemara says the avid kirav hidrav masna. He holds like rav masna. Dam rav masna marav. Let's you're barbecuing outside. You have your uh, your your uh, charcoal grill, and some uh, some branches of the trees fall into your charcoal grill on Yantif. Okay, so those eightsim are definitely everyone agrees. Those eightsim are muksa. They were not prepared before Yantif. So halacha is your muksa. You not have you not have any benefit from it. Comes along Rav Masan, he says, Marba eats some you add some charcoal, you add some prepared firewood, you be mavatel, make bittel on the things that the twigs that fell in, and you can light it. So the same thing over here. When you're lighting with Kalim, you have to make sure you have other firewood in there so that it's bittel in order that there should not be a problem of moving the muksa. On Yantif. Now, just by the way, it's just just hard to uh, skip this without getting into it. There's the uh, there's a few obvious questions on this. On this, we'll focus on one of them. This is a sugya in Mesatis Beitza, so we'll, we'll discuss this at length. But one of the questions is, how could you add firewood, good firewood, to the mux of firewood? Isn't that a concept of being mavatel isulechatchila? I'm taking. I, I have things that are muksa in my grill, and I'm adding more things. Isn't that an iser of mavatal isla Taking iser and being mavatal isla So if you look at the, the Paiskim, they say that over here, muksa is only an iser And when it comes to an iser once there is already a mixture, the case was that it fell into an oven. The oven itself had some wood in it. Or my case is I have charcoal, and some twigs fell into my charcoal. I already had a mixture. Once there already is a mixture, you're allowed to add a vimavato, uh, an isidrabanan. So based on this, and there's a uh, this is a longer discussion, but it comes up often. And I get asked a lot, ask, get asked this question a lot. Many of the non-dairy creamers on the market have either sodium casein, sodium caseinate, acid casein in it, as a uh, stabilizer in the non-dairy creamer. So the actual creamer is usually palm oil, but it has some dairy in it. And the question is, can a person put this in their coffee if they're flashic? So once, as long as they're not drinking it straight, the dairy component in a non-dairy creamer would be bottle in your typical coffee. Even if you have half and half, it would still be bottle. I think it's it's less than, uh, less than 10%. So it would be, I'm sorry, it's less than... Um, it's less than, yeah, it's less than 5%, I think, of the actual non-dairy creamer is dairy. So in a typical coffee, you would have bitol. So the question is, can I do this? Can I, if I'm flesha, can I add some non-dairy creamer to, with some dairy in it to my coffee? So Rabelski's etzal was mekel for a number of reasons, but primarily based on this concept, this gemara, that when I have a isidra banan, which would be, here it's not even an isidra, it's a minog, a minog to wait six hours after... Flashics, so when it's already a mixture, I'm not taking dairy, I'm not taking milk or cream and, and being mavatlet. I'm taking something that's already a mixture. It's already 95% palm oil and 5% uh, dairy. And I'm adding that to my coffee, so I'm being marbe on it. It sounds like it'll be mutter when it's only in this is the rabbanon, for sure if it's only a minog, and for sure if by the time you're drinking it, you're not being over anything because it's already power at that point. So therefore, 
Ravelski's that Sal was Makel, one is allowed to use these non-dairy creamers added to their coffee if they're flashing. Now, it doesn't mean they're milk, it doesn't mean they're parved. The actual non-dairy creamer is not parved. If a person wanted to marinate steak in non-dairy creamer and you cook it, there'll be an isodoraisa of Bishol Basar Bukhalov. So it's dairy, but if you're adding it to a coffee in a typical amount and you're merely flashic, so halachically, Rabelsky said it's not a problem. It's bittel, it's mavatal islechatchila, but since I already have a mixture and it's only the rabbanon, it is fine, no problem. Okay. So that was phase number or, or stage number one in this Gemara. We tried to figure out the machlekes rebeliez and rabbi kiva. The, the first jab at it was this rabbi adabar ahava, that the machlekes is regarding. Uh, th- exactly three by three. You have to light most of the wick, and by the time I lit it, I already made it into shiver kalim, and I'm using sh- and I'm lighting shiver kalim. Shiver kalim have a din of muksa according to Rabbi Yehuda, and that's the machlekes. Rabbi Eliezer holds like, holds that that it's a problem, and Rabbi Kiva holds not a problem. Comes along, Rav Hamnuna, and he has another shot in this mission. Rav Hamnuna Amar. We're talking about where it's less than three by three. Now look at the word, which means three tzvachim, as we've mentioned a few times. Three tzvachim by three tzvachim. So it's less than three tzvachim by three tzvachim. Now we know that that's not the minimum share. The minimum share for Tumma is three by three finger, finger brass. So there's a concept called Mikule matlanis. It's a kula of a matlanis, shanukan. And we're dealing with the kula of matlanis, which basically means, let's say I had a rag, and I designate the rag to be a non-beged use. I show that I don't really care about it. This is insignificant. This is almost garbage. I'll use it because I need something, but I really don't care for it. This is like a reverse achshave. We mentioned achshave a few times. One of the times we mentioned achshave was the Gemara in Shabbos, the beginning of Shabbos, discussed that you need dal, you need a a mukim dal by dal to be considered a hanacha. But when I put it into someone's hand, I'm considering that a good place to put it down regarding caring. Another example, which comes up again, this is Hilchos Pesach right around the corner, taking medications. There's a discussion of a person takes something which people consider nifsam achila. Nobody would eat it, and now you take you take it and you consider it food. That's considered achshavay. So here it's a kula by me showing that I don't consider this a begot anymore. So if it if it is in fact less than three by three tefachim. So it's already small, and I'm showing that I think this is garbage. Halacha is in Tumah Matahara, it is no longer Makabal Tumah. In your mind, you already made it not Makabal Tumah. But the question is what if I now did something with it that showed that maybe I do want to use it again, and I do give some significance to this, you know, less than three by three Tfachim Begit? So here we go. So this is a Mekula Matlana Shanakam. We're discussing the concept of the Kula of Matlana. So Vazdur Rabbi Lezer the Tamei, Rabbi Kiva the Tamei. You have a parallel Machlokes Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Kiva in Mesechtas Kalim. That's now I looked at Mesechtas Kalim in the Mishnah. Pachos Mishloisha Shloisha. You have a, a rag, a shmata that's less than three by three tefachim. So you use it to plug in the, ba- the bathhouse. Basically, you needed something to plug in the drain or something. You, you looked around, and this is what you found, and you used that. So you don't really give significance to this baguette. I just needed something. I would have used a drain plug. I would have used, I don't know, a sock. I found this. I'm using it. Or you use it to, uh, to shake out... A pot. What it means is you're using it as your oven mitts. You don't have oven mitts. You look around. Yamaka is being used for the other hand, and you need something, so you take something else. Fine. Look, a rechaim. We want to clean a a rechaim, a millstone. 
Okay, so you use it for these one of these three uses. So this is showing I don't care, insignificant. This matlanus is garbage. However, then you put it away afterwards. Otherwise, there's no discussion. If it's in the garbage, we don't care about it anymore. Now you put it away. So the question is, where exactly did you put it? You didn't throw it in the garbage. It's like the guy who takes out the spoiled milk and puts it right back in the fridge, right? So what, what, what's going on? Or where did I put this? So comes along the Tanakama. He says, Whether you put it in a place that you're going to use it again. Let's say you use it as a, uh, to clean a pot. Now you put it right back in the drawer underneath your sink. So that's What if you didn't put it in a place that's going to really prepare it for the next use, but you didn't throw it in the garbage? Comes along the Tanakama, this is Rebbe Eliezer, says Tame. It's Tame from the fact that I didn't chuck it afterwards, so now I'm reinstating it. Although I used it for an insignificant use, but I didn't throw it in the garbage afterwards. So I'm reinstating it into back to a beggar. And according to Rabbi Eliezer, it will be Tame. Rabbi Yeshua Eimer comes along Rabbi Yeshua and he says, I'm sorry, uh, dear Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua Eimer, sorry, yeah, Rabbi Yeshua, Bein Ben Amuchan, Bein Shalei Ben Amuchan. It doesn't make a difference where you put it. Tar, it's Tar. Since I didn't specifically show that uh, I'm using it for something significant, just the fact that I didn't throw it in the garbage, that doesn't show that now it's back to a rack. I don't throw, I'm a hoarder. I don't throw things in the garbage. So, tar. That's Shita Shabbi Yeshua. And it's no longer considered a beggar. Since I used it for a non-real beggar use, I used it to stuff the drain. I didn't show that I really care about it, you know, in the future. I just don't throw things out. I'm a hoarder. Tar. Rabbi Kiva, I'm married. No. Depends. Minat Muchan. Tame. If you put it in a place where you're showing I'm going to use it again, then it's Tame. You reinstated it back to the halacha. That it's a beggar and it's not pachas mishalosh alshalosh. Vishalem and amuchan. If I put it in a place that's not showing that it's prepared for another use, tar it's tar. So you have three different opinions. Either we don't care where where you put it, it's always tummy, or it depends where I put it, or no matter where I put it, it will be tar. Vama ula and ula said if he tima rabba rachan rabbiyach and hakam moedim. Everyone agrees. Zrakei ba'ashba. You threw it in the garbage. Did I call tar? It's tar. It's garbage. I'm no longer considering it significant. Okay, let's say I put it into a draw, into he calls it a kuspa, uh, is your uh, your drawers. So that shows my closet. I showed that I I, I want it. Why did you put it back? You put your spoiled milk back in the fridge, right? You obviously want it. Otherwise, why would you put it back? So you suspended it on a mug on a peg. So you put it behind the door. Why did you throw it in the garbage? It must be that Date Louie. Your das is on it, and therefore you are showing that it's significant to me. I want to keep it. And that's where Belezer holds. Either way, we tell me. So hold on a second. Why is Belezer saying it's not Manamuchan? Isn't that called Manamuchan? So he says, Compared to actually putting it in a designated place, just by not throwing it in the garbage, I consider that Lav Muchan, who he didn't prepare it for another use. But since he didn't throw it in the garbage, Rebelezer still says that it is that it is considered Mekabotuma since I want it. Otherwise, I would have thrown it in the garbage. Now, Rabbi Shua Savar, from the fact that you didn't put it into a drawer, you didn't specifically show I'm going to use it in the future, Batuli Batli, eh, you don't really care about it. 
Now, why didn't you throw it in the garbage? Because you're a hoarder. I don't know. You have these, you have these extra batteries. You just took out. You just have, you know, just change the batteries on your kid's toy, and instead of throwing it in the garbage, you put it on your uh, on your desk. Why did you do that? Rabbi Shua says, because you're lazy. Doesn't mean I'm going to use it. I have any specific use for these batteries afterwards. It's garbage. I'm just too lazy to take it to the garbage. So there Rabbi Yeshua holds, because I didn't put it specifically back in my battery drawer, Batuli Batle. It's Batle. Why not throw it in the garbage? I'm lazy. So why calling it Muchan? So he says, compared to throwing it in the garbage, this is considered Muchan somewhat, but still, Rabbi Shua holds, it is not Mekabotoma, you don't care for it. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, it depends. When you hung it on a peg, several Karabalezer, he holds a you actually put it somewhere, so that's showing that you want to use it in the future, Mekabotoma. When he threw it behind the door, eh, you just had nowhere else to put it, it's on the way to the garbage, Savala Karebi Yeshua. Okay. So that would be the Sheet of Rabbi Kiva by Tumma Vatahara, and that's the Sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Now, the Hadar Bay, Rabbi Akiva, the Garbi Rabbi Yeshua. Now, Ramnun is trying to show us what does this have to do with our Mishnah. So, our Mishnah is a similar case, according to Ramnun. You have to have a creative case. Our case, according to the according to Ramnun, is a, our Mishnah is where you had this beggar. That was used for to stop something, to stop a, uh, to plug a drain or something, and now you're using it as a wick, or you you hung it on a peg and now you're using it as a wick, as as a wick. So the Gemara, so the Mishnah says, so, so I'm sorry, Rabbi Nuna says, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Yeshua, and now we see Rabbi Kiva goes like Rabbi Yeshua, and he argues with Rabbi Eliezer both when you put it behind the door. Or when you hung it on a peg, either way, Rabbi Kiva holds, it is not Makabotoma. Mimai, how do you see this? Amarava, Midiktani Psila Sabeget, from the fact that the Mishnah said Psila Sabeget, a wick made out of a beggar. So my ear to Tony Psilas a beggar. Why is it say Psilas a wick? Ha beggar of a beggar. Listening Psila shall beggar. Maybe just say, you should have said, Psila a wick shall beggar that came from a beggar. It came from a, a beggar type of material. It came from a shirt type of material. My psila is high beggar. What do you mean a wick of a shirt? The Adayan beggar, it's still considered a shirt. And what's the case? The case was it was a shirt. Then it was, you know, it was down to three tvachim or three tvachim. Then I used it to plug a drain. So obviously I don't really care about the shirt. And then I put it on a peg where I put it behind the door. And then I'm using it as a wick. Rabbi Kiva says, since I, it is not, it is not since I, uh, I already used it for something insignificant, it is not Makabal Tumah, and he goes back on his Shita in Taharas, which is a tremendous Chiddush that Rav Hamruna is putting that into the words of our Mishnah. What does a wick have to do with this? But this is the opinion of Rav Hamruna. And we don't, according to, according to Rabbi Leazar, it is Makabal Tumah. According to Rabbi Yeshua, according to, sorry, according to Rabbi Kiva, it would not be Mikabal Tumma. Okay, let's see the Mishnah and uh, we'll move a little bit further. The Mishnah says, You shouldn't cut out a hole, make a hole in an eggshell, the Malena Shemen, and fill it up with oil. Now you have the shell full of oil, but it's going to drip slowly. Imagine your, uh, your coffee machine dripping slowly into, into a bigger bowl. This is talking about Friday. Obviously not on Shabbos. On a Friday, you're not allowed to have, you set up your Shabbos candle in a way that it's going to be like a drip device where oil is going to keep dripping into it from a keli on top of it. Don't do that. 
even if your the reservoir, which article calls it the reservoir that you're going to have your oil in, so there's no light, there's no candle there. It's dripping from this cup into your candle, into your oil wick, even if it's shalcharis, which you're going to see gets disgusting and people won't use it, still it's usher. Now, just to give you a preview of the Gemara, the concern over here is, now this is talking about Friday. However, when I use this as a Shabbos candle, I'm using olive oil, comes along Shabbos, your wife serves you the salad, the salad, and it needs a little more dressing. You look to your left, your Shabbos candles are on the table, and you have this wick device. So there's no actual wick in the olive oil. There's olive oil dripping in to my candles. So I look at the olive oil, ah, big deal. I'm just going to take a spoonful of olive oil, add it to my salad, add it to my dip. No problem. However, according to uh, the halacha, that is an isra of mechabeh, of extinguishing on Shabbos. And this is the raisa, and therefore Chazal were concerned, and that's where the Mishnah tells us don't set up a Shabbos candle system like that, because you're going to end up taking olive oil from your reservoir, from your keli, from your drip machine on Shabbos. Then is the shita of the Tanakam. Rabbi Yudam out there, Rabbi Yudam says there is no problem. Eh, it's too much of a chiddush. No, no problem. Okay. However, let's say it was set up like this, meaning this was the original keli. You went to the store, you bought a candle in your Judaica store that looked like this. No problem. That's considered one keli. A person's going to know this is my Shabbos candle. He's not going to look at it and say, oh, here's olive oil for my salad dressing. He's not going to think of it as olive oil. He's going to think of it as Shabbos candles. But if you set up your device like that, you look at it, oh, it's a bowl. It's a bowl of olive oil. There's more of a concern. You're going to take some. Next. You cannot fill a bowl of oil. You can't take, you know, the end of one wick and put it into a bowl of oil so that the the candle will draw the oil from that bowl into the other part of the wick. Because same problem, you're going to end up taking oil from that bowl on Shabbos, and that would be a problem of mechabe. Rabbi Yudam out there, again, Rabbi Yudam says, it's mutter. Now the Gemara asks, why do I need three cases? What are the three cases? The three cases are shvafer, shabetza, the eggshell, and then you have the concept of Cheres, a Kli Cheres, and the third case was the extended wick. So the Gemara says, I need all three. If you just told me the eggshell case, I would say, How come Rabbanon here? The Rabbanon say that's a problem. The came and delay me, The eggshell doesn't get uh, must, doesn't get disgusting at all. It's beautiful oil in an eggshell. So there's a concern. You're going to take some for your salad dressing. You're going to go take some. But earthenware, ceramic, just gets disgusting when it holds oil. They would say, yeah, you're right. Rabbi Huda's right. No one in their right mind is going to be taking olive oil from this ceramic uh, bowl hanging on top of the fire. So therefore, they would have been masking. Therefore, it's needed to tell me the din of Cheres. If they would have said only regarding Cheres, I would say, how come Rabbi Yudah? Only Rabbi Yudah only there says by Cheres, nobody's going to take any oil. Abel Bahi, when you have a beautiful eggshell with the oil coming out, Rabbi Yudah would say, Taka, there is a concern that someone's going to take some oil for their salad. Tell me the case of eggshell, the case of ceramic. I would say, Bahani, come Rabbi Yudah, Misham Delay, Mifsak. There's nothing in between the 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 keli and the cup 
uh, and the actual candle. Avakara demipaska the the third case where you have a uh, a bowl in between the the two sorry you have space in between the bowl and the candle because a person would would assume I'm sorry the problem is over here Rabbi Huda is not concerned that people are going to make mistakes on Shabbos but maybe that's when you have a drip machine dripping straight into the candles then someone could say okay there's a candle here of course they're not going to take out oil but here when they're just side by side there's actual space in between the candle and the bowl maybe your first reaction would just Go get go to the bowl and take some oil. So maybe who do agree to the rabbanon that there should be a xera in this case. However, and if the mission would only told me the case, you know, between that there is a space between the, you have this bowl and you have the candle, I would have said Maybe only the rabachmir by that case. tarti, but in the case of. The drip machine, maybe the read Rabbi Huda, that in the drip machine, everyone sees that this is part of a candle contraption. They would agree to Rabbi Huda that there would be no need for a gezerah, tzricha, therefore I needed all three of these cases. Then the Mishnah said, if the yoytzer, the, the potter, like we, we daven that, that we are kachomer uh, biyad yoytzer, we are the... Uh, the material, the clay in the hands of the Yotzer, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, that's what he does, right? So, if the Yotzer would have made it into one keli, mutter, no problem. You go to your Judaica store, if you had a Shabbos candle device that was made like this, everyone agrees that it wouldn't be a problem. So, the Gemara says, so Let's say the person himself, he did it in his basement, he decided on his own, he's going to make, you know, do a, a project, a quarantine project, he's going to make a, you know, a, a keli out of this with, with clay or with plaster, Mutter, we learned it has to be made by a yoitzer, which sounds like a malachas umon, someone that only a craftsman can do, not someone in his basement. So the Gemara says, my yoitzer, yoitzer, as long as it was looks like it was made like a yoitzer, like a skilled work of a yoitzer, of a powder, that wouldn't be a problem. Let's see one more piece. Tanya looked in a brisa. I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Pamachas Shabbosenu Balias based Nisza Beloid. One time we had a Shabbaton and we spent Shabbos. In the uh, alias, the second floor, the upper upper floor of base Ninza in Lud, the heavy lana shaver shabbat, and they had this contraption of this eggshell malenua shemun unekavnua vinachnua pianer. They made a hole in it and they put it on top of the candle. Erev Shabbos, Vayishem Reb Tarfin, Reb Tarfin was there. It was Zakanim. All the big rabbis were there. Vele Amru Lana Darv. They didn't tell us anything. No problem. So you see from here that. Against the mission, the mission says it's a problem. Hold on, Rabbi Yudah says I was there. No problem. They didn't say anything. So Amuloy the comes at him. Misham Rai, you're being a raya from that story. Shani base Nizza, base Nizza was different. This reason they were zaras, and therefore there was no concern that they were going to take oil from the candle on Shabbos. Now the obvious question is, so what? They they're not included in gezeras to Rabbanan. There's a gezeras, there's a gezeras. Why don't we say lay plug? We'll have to discuss that at a different time. But either way, we're, gonna, we're going to conclude here. And we will continue Bezaz Hashem tomorrow live. And we should be able to cover the ground and finish the Lamed tomorrow night. Yemir Hashem.